Hello, my conscious soul. This is Jay Wynn. Welcome to the Conscious Chess Podcast, where we bring inspiring individuals living purposeful lives in the hope of inspiring you to be your best authentic self. This is episode number 13 with Lazel Hayes. After living a decade-long career in human resources, she has rearranged her life to live in alignment with her truest, most authentic self. In her latest evolution, she is an author of Broken, Change, and Rearrange Self-Development Book, Serial Entrepreneur, and Human Resources Consultant. You can reach Lazel via Instagram on at L-I-E-S-L dot H-A-Y-S or go to LazelHaze.com. In this episode, we discuss how to create a culture of change in our lives, what daily habits, practices, or routines support our change mindset, and how to set boundaries with others. Here's my interview with Lazel. Thank you for being on the show, Lazel. I normally start up with your personal history, who you are, where you grew up, and what were your early years were like. Sure. So, you know, I actually grew up in a small town. It's called Manhattan, Kansas. And I grew up with a dad who was a professor at a university, and my mom was a teacher. So I very much grew up in an environment where learning was a major priority in my family. And I feel like that, that core value has really stood with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I also had a, a younger sister as well. There were just two of us. Um, mm-hmm. But growing up, the things that I really became passionate about and involved in at an early age, the first one was theater, Jay. So wow. I absolutely loved theater. Um, my mom got me involved in theater when I was in second grade. And I remember actually trying out for plays um, when I had a hard time reading. Mm. So they put scripts in front of me and I would try and read my lines. Um, but it's something that I've been involved in for since I was very young. And I honestly did it all throughout until I was in college. So it was something that I really enjoyed and loved. Mm. Um, I don't do theater now, but I wish, I wish that I did maybe when my kids are a little bit older. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing when I grew up that was really important to me was writing. Mm. So I started writing at a very young age Wow! and it was something that I was really passionate about. Mm -hmm. And so I entered like poetry contests and essay contests. So yeah, when I think about the two things, like growing up in my early age, those are, those are the things that I really focused on. So that was one of the reasons why you become an author and you have a book about it. Absolutely. So I've always wanted to write a book. Mm-hmm. It was something that I, I had a goal at a very young age to do it. Mm-hmm. And now I'm finally getting that opportunity. Mm-hmm. What was it? Tell me about your book. So what is it about? So my book is called Broken, Changed, and Rearranged, Mm -hmm. and it is a self-development book that is all focused on, you know, when you reach a place in your life when you've really hit your bottom or you're really going through a difficult time Mm -hmm. and how you can use that and channel that experience to be able to not just move forward, but become a better version of yourself. 
Okay. So what attitudes, skills, and behaviors are most important for activating change in our life? Yeah, that's a really great question. Mm -hmm. So I really, when I start to talk to people who embrace change really readily, Mm -hmm. I hear them communicate a couple of things. So the first one, Jay, is that ultimately they accept that change is an inevitable part of growth. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So it's, it's fundamental to the people that I talk to that really embrace change. They know that inevitably it's something that is important for growth and that we have to go through to become the next version of the person that we're meant to be. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the other things that I oftentimes hear people who embrace change and something that I do personally is I think we're all afraid of change. That's right. Change is hard. Mm -hmm. It's scary. And we like to stay inside our comfort zones. That is right. Yeah. Ultimately. Yeah. yeah. Because you get comfortable. You you get in this rhythm and sometimes when there's a little bit of change happen and you're like, what is happening with my life? And you don't know how to handle that. And then you start to feel like, oh, what is happening? I feel disconnected. What is going on? And then it's like, oh, but we have to also um, let ourselves know that it's part of change. You're going through a change. So then you have to learn to accept that rather than trying to fight it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I think you articulated that so well. Ultimately, it's like we have to accept it. But we also have to have the courage. Mm. We know we're afraid, but we have to call deep on our courage and say, I know that I am afraid, but I can overcome this fear because I know that the need for change, it's important, right? Mm -hmm. And then I think the third thing is that people who embrace change naturally in their lives, they're continuous learners. Mm. They know that sometimes they don't know what they need to embrace a meaningful change in their lives, Mm -hmm. but ultimately they're willing to learn. They either learn from other people, they learn from a book, they learn Mm -hmm. from their friends, but ultimately when you're really wanting to embrace a change, you have to lean into the discomfort of being new at something and and learn from it, you know? And it's not going to be easy just by pushing through it as well. It's definitely not easy. Yeah. And what daily habits, practices, or routines support our change mindset? So I think it goes back to learning. Mm. So when I think about some of my daily habits, one of the things that I do is I read every single day. And it's usually for 15 minutes. I actually have the current book I'm reading. I, after I make my bed in the morning, I set it on my bed. Mm. And so that way, when I get into bed at night, it's like this reminder, just spend 15 minutes with this book. Before you go to bed? Before I go to bed. Yes. I love that. Yeah. So one of the other ones is I listen to podcasts every day. I find that it's just, it's so helpful to learn different Mm. perspectives in the world And it's incredible when you just stop and listen to people who have been through different experiences than you have, Mm -hmm. that you have the ability to learn from them every single day. So that's another one that I embrace. The other thing is, Jay, I try not to surround myself with people who just think like me. 
Yeah, that's very I like important, to be challenged. Right? Yeah, definitely. I think um, our environment is very important, like surrounding ourselves with like, say, people who's going to help you grow rather than, you know, being in a toxic environment or being in the same sort of environment, then you're not going to grow from it because it's the same old circle of people that you surround yourself with. So you're not going to learn from it because they're like, just like you. So if you surround yourself with people who've done more than you or who have different life experiences or, or who are in a different industry and that's when you, you, know, you get to learn from these people just by being surrounding yourself or putting yourself in that environment. And that's something I'm very mindful as well and I try to practice it like. Mm. No, I think it's such a good point just to surround ourselves with different opinions because mm-hmm. it helps us grow and think about things differently. I think that's really good. You probably get that a lot through your podcast interviews too. You probably learn so much. Yeah, that's the thing. Different one of, people. One of the reason why I started the uh, podcast is, is because I want to learn. So by speaking to different people or different coaches, so and then they have different life experiences. So by me speaking through it and by me editing it or re-editing it, so I'm like, actually putting the words in my head like rapidly so then it's like it's like reprogramming my subconscious mind in some sense because you're like okay pause and then we'll go better you know go back again and then you re-listen again you're like oh okay i get it i get it so it's basically like learning definitely i love that yeah so how do you how do you create a culture of change in our lives You know, I think a big part of it goes back back to the learning piece. I really Mm -hmm. do. Um, I think it's important that you continuously surround yourself with people that are different than you, that you're eager to learn different ways of looking at the world. Mm -hmm. I think that's really critical. And then one of the other things I think about that's critical for change is constantly evaluating are the things that I'm committing my time and energy to right now, the right things from my life? Oh, yeah. Are they in alignment with who I want to be? You know, because I don't think we do that enough, Jay. We no, don't. we don't. No, we really don't. And I think that if we would really sit down pretty regularly and evaluate where I'm headed, is it, is it where I want to go? Are the things that I'm doing what I want for my life? And are there changes that I need to make that are going to get me to the next place that I want to be? Yeah, that is so true. Because like, sometimes we got stuck in, say, for example, just nine to five or like working in a job that suck our soul out of it. Then because you're just doing it. And when you're actually taking the time to really figure out and it's actually, it's not, that it's not in alignment with your vision, then you're like, okay, for why am I even here? Because that's Mm -hmm. not going to support my vision and where I want to be. Then, so say if we got stuck in a situation as, as a change expert, say, what advice would you give to those people that in order to make that change and do something that will support their vision rather than being stuck in a job that they're not happy with? Mm. No, I think, I think that's a really good question, Jay. I think we oftentimes have a tendency to get overwhelmed by big changes. And I think 
what is really helpful is, so let's use the example of, I want to leave, I think I want to leave my job, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's not bringing me the fulfillment and the joy that I want, but it's scary to take that big leap. And so one of the things that I recommend for people is, you know, think about what you want and then break it into small steps. Because, you know, deciding one day that you're just going to go quit your job mm-hmm. isn't something that most of us can do, right? Mm-hmm. It's, there are responsibilities we have. There are things we have to consider. But I think that if every day we can just do one thing to get us to that next place. So let's say it's, I want to become an entrepreneur. I want to quit my job and be an entrepreneur or my own mm-hmm. business owner. And every single day, if you can make one step in that direction, then I think that it really helps you embrace that change in small bites, Mm. which I think makes change so much easier. So rather than just quitting your job and taking the leap, because it's gonna shock, you know, because we all have responsibility and it's gonna shock even uh, on mindset. So then taking a little small step, like a bite side and also, do something, say after you finish work or when you have spare time, work on your passion project and putting fuel into your passion projects. And when it's ready, then you can say, if you can go to part-time, go part-time. And then when it's full taken off and you just take the leap. Absolutely. And I think one of the reasons that we never take that leap is because we think it has to be drastic and that's scary. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's scary to say, I'm not happy, I'm not fulfilled in my job, to have that self-awareness, and to then just go to the office the next day and quit. I think it's so important that we break these changes up into small, meaningful bites. Mm. Just do two things. Start with one thing. Just do one task every day that gets you just a little bit closer to that next version of who you want to be. Mm. And on your side, uh, website, you mentioned the 72010 model. So can you explain to me in depth about what that entails? So you can tell I was raised by a professor because the 702010 model is a model of learning. And basically it's the idea that 70% of how we learn actually occurs through experiences, okay. real yeah. life experiences. And 20% of our learning occurs through like mentorship, having a conversation with someone, having someone tell you how they've accomplished something. And then only 10% of our learning actually occurs in the classroom through formal training or through reading a book. And so one of the things when I ask people or when I'm coaching people around creating a culture of change in their lives, I'm like, how are you creating a culture of change by focusing not just on that 10% of formal learning, but also on that 70% of experiences that you need to have, as well as that mentorship piece, which I think sometimes we lack when we're trying to enact meaningful changes in our lives. We we don't think about that whole picture um, and how important it is to to address those things holistically. Mm. So having a a mentor or a coach is very important. So that's like 20% of it. But in terms of going through the experiences, how can we force ourselves to be or to surround ourselves 
or to push ourselves to receive those experiences. Like Definitely. So, so practice is a big one. And, you know, when I'm working with people, um, I work with people a lot on boundaries mm. and I tell them, you know, I can, I can sit here and tell you how, how to say no. I can share with you ways in which I've learned how to say no, but at the end of the day, you have to start practicing these things. Mm. And we work through how do you start practicing these in your life? So mm -hmm. I think that's really critical for them to begin the art of actually doing it. Mm -hmm. That's how we really learn, right? Mm -hmm. So then, so since you mentioned about setting boundaries, so how do we, how do we set emotional boundaries, say like asking for what we need in relationships and saying no. And also there are some people they're not used to saying no, they're not used to saying setting boundaries. So how can we implement that change? Now you're really getting on a topic I'm passionate about. So let's talk about it. Really, yeah. <laughs> let's talk about it. Yeah. You know, I used to really struggle with setting boundaries with people. And I think a part of that really stemmed from just wanting to help other people genuinely. But a lot of the times I would sacrifice my own needs to help other people, which would lead me really towards resentment. Yeah. And so when I, when we talk about starting to practice setting boundaries with people, what really helped me was actually starting practicing boundaries with strangers, which sounds, sounds kind of odd, right? But let me mm -hmm. give you a couple of examples. So the reason why strangers are a little bit easier to practice boundaries with is because they're, it's really low risk, right? Mm, that's right. So, so low risk. It's, it's easier to say no to someone we don't know. So for instance, I used to be the person on airplanes that everyone would sit next to and just talk my ear off. <laughs> I, I was just that person. And I, I never said no, ever. Like I would literally just listen to people, even if deep down, Jay, all I wanted to do was just read my book mm. and sit alone on the airplane. And so I started practicing setting boundaries by telling people not no on the airplane, but I would say, say, you know, it was really nice talking to you, but now I'm going to read my book. Mm. So I started there because strangers in a way were so low risk for me, right? Mm -hmm. It didn't really matter what they thought of me. And it was a safe place to start practicing. Yeah. For some people, for some people, it feels safer to start practicing with people that they love and care about and know really well, like their spouse or their partner. Um, I, a lot of people that I coach feel really comfortable starting that boundary setting conversation with people mm -hmm. that they're close to. For me, it just happened to be with strangers. I think, I think it would be the same for me with stranger rather than people that like that I'm close to, or, or especially like in relationships, you know, you just worry that, Oh, it might hurt their feelings. Then you can't speak your truth because you're worried that it might hurt them. Or then you're like, oh, am I just being too much by, you know, setting these boundaries? Then you start to second guess yourself. But with stranger, because you're not emotionally attached to them, so it's easier. So you're like, well, I don't know these people. So even if I say no, then, then I wouldn't have to deal with them later. Yes. 
100%. And I think that's why it was so much easier for me was this is a low risk situation. And so mm. it was a good place to start practicing that 70% of the time. In terms of setting emotional boundaries, say like in relationships, say you are a giver. So you tend to give a lot and then, but you, there's no give and take energy exchange and you ended up giving more and more and more and feeling depleted and you end up being resentful. So in that stage, how do we start setting boundaries then? Great question. So Jay, I think that there's a lot of self-development that focuses on how do you say no and practicing that. And I, I actually have a little bit of a different approach on how we start setting boundaries in relationships. And I kind of, when I coach people, I pull them back and I say, I think it's really important for you to create a list of what you value in relationships. Mm. I want you to create a top five list of what is most important to you in relationships. And when we can step back and say internally, what matters to me? And it's different for every person that we interact with, right? But, but ultimately, like when I created my list, one of my examples was, you know, I want people to value my time. Mm. I value people's time. And so therefore, I want people to also value mine. Mm-hmm. And when you're able to really step back and define what you value and what you want in relationships, it's a lot easier to start setting boundaries around those things. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you a super quick example. Mm -hmm. So when I started recognizing how much I value my time and how much I value the time of others, when I would have friends in my life who would notoriously cancel on me or who would show up late all the time, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and I like to communicate when they're doing something regularly, right? We all have moments where we show up late or we cancel on someone for good reasons, but when I can go back to my core value, it's easier for me to call on my courage and have that hard boundary setting conversation with someone. Mm-hmm. But I always make it about me. And I say, you know, I just wanted you to know that I really value our weekly meetings that we have. Mm-hmm. And I set, I set aside time from four to five every single week for us to meet during this time. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, when you continuously cancel or you show up late, it makes me feel like you aren't valuing me um, Mm -hmm. and my time. Mm -hmm. And so, and I'll say like, I know that's not your intention, but I just want you to know how it's making me feel. Mm. And so it's helped me to really define what those values are for me. So when I'm setting boundaries, I can communicate that clearly to the people that I care about. Yeah. I like the way that you communicate as well. The way that you communicate it is coming from a place of love rather than you're trying to blame them or getting angry at them or pointing fingers. You make it about you and you're quite vulnerable in a sense that it makes me feel like you are not valuing me. It's just like, and sometimes it's well, like people will say things, but it's not about even setting boundaries or whatever it is, but it's about not what you're saying is how you say things as well. It makes such a big difference. Absolutely. And you know, here's the thing. When I communicate it that way, it is about me and, and the people that value me and love me, this is what they'll say. I had no idea. I am so sorry. I didn't mean to make you feel that way. 
And I'm going to make it a priority to try and be on time more regularly and not cancel on you so regularly. Yeah. And I think that when we make it about us and our needs, it just, it creates relationship alignment and it helps someone deeper understand my needs. And it also invites them to have those kind of conversations with me, which I think is so important in relationships. Mm -hmm. It is. Um, In terms of your spiritual journey, share me your spiritual journey with the listeners. And Jay, I, I really dug deep on how to answer this question. So I grew up as going to Catholic school and I grew Mm -hmm. up as a Catholic, eventually became a Baptist. And, you know, Jay, as I've evolved as a person, I very much feel connected to a higher being. Mm -hmm. I do believe that there is a God. I believe that we are all connected. I believe there's universal energy that we all exchange and share, but I don't define myself based on a certain faith. I think my spiritual journey has really become an evolution of accepting that there is a higher being, Mm -hmm. but also knowing that we all experience God and universe in different ways. And that, that ultimately I feel like if our faith helps us show up and be a better human, that that's all that really matters. Beautiful. How do you live your authentic life and what do you think is important? It took me a long time to show up and live my authentic life. In my book, I talk about actually going through a very difficult period. Mm. I actually had a breakdown at one point and I realized that I'd been living my life for everyone else. And Getting in touch with my authentic self didn't happen until I was in my early 30s. And I really started to uncover what are, what are the things that I value? What are the thoughts and feelings and actions that are authentic to me as a person? And, and now, now that I've uncovered those things, betraying that person is just not an option anymore. And so when I show up, as my authentic self, I recognize that not everyone's going to resonate with who that person is, Mm -hmm. but I know that the right people will find me and I will never not live and lean into my authenticity ever again. Cause I, I didn't live in, live in that space for a very long part of my life, most of my life. Mm -hmm. So let's explore that when you mentioned that you went through the whole period of then like you came into the realization. So how do you start implementing the change, like to start living an authentic lifestyle? I think first it really comes down to recognizing what do I even value? Mm. I don't think that, I think we'd be surprised to learn that a lot of people don't have that conversation with themselves. And I think it's really important to start there. I think it's important to define what that looks like mm-hmm. and then, then aligning your priorities to the things that you value and the things that matter to you. So start by finding what your core values are. If you know, if people, if they don't know what their values are, so you start by this, so that will be the step one. Then step two would be, say you have a set of say five or six or seven core values, then 
you start to really just reflect on your life and see or you know just look yourself take yourself out of the equation and look yourself as a third person and see whatever that i'm doing would that support or am i doing things that are in alignment with my value and if you're feeling like you're disconnected or you feel not happy then you must not be doing things that are in alignment with your values then yes 100 percent, totally agree so uh, before we wrap this up i'd like to end it with three questions so the first one is show me one truth about you that only you know i'm an introvert and i thought that i was an extrovert most of my life um, most people think I'm an extrovert. I thought I was an extrovert for a long time, but I am an introvert to the core. And you realized it. When did you realize that? Um, COVID. Okay. <laughs> I mean, literally it, this is, I know you're, you're probably thinking, oh my gosh, I just asked you like, tell us a, something deep. This really is something deep for me because it's something I just realized. Oh. Um, COVID has made me realize that I am truly energized by being alone wow that's beautiful and um what does it mean to you to live a conscious lifestyle it's a constant evaluation i really believe that living a conscious lifestyle is always about evaluating are the things that i'm doing in alignment with my values mm. are the things that i am, that i'm doing right now at this phase of my life are they the right things and I think it's about constantly iterating and changing and growing and adjusting because mm -hmm. I think the truths that I learn, the truths that I learned in my twenties are so much different than the truths that I'm learning in my thirties. And they will be even more different as I hit 40 next year. Wow. So yeah. living consciously, I feel like is just accepting every iteration and leaning into it. Mm. And as human beings, we evolve a lot as well. So what we were, like say, how we are in our 20s is completely different to how we are in our 30s. So it's like it's the human's evolution and also us learning as well. It never stops. There's Absolutely. more to learn. Like, And you thought you reached the point. You're like, okay, but then something hits you and like, you know, the change happened and you're like, oh, I'm growing and I'm still learning. And yeah, so it's like a constant learning, really. And do you ever think about, Jay, the truths that you, things that at one point in your life, you were like, these are absolute truths that have been like totally dismantled five mm -hmm. years later or mm -hmm. six years later. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, wow. Like, I, and also like you, when you start to reflect as well, then you realize, I, I wonder why I was even stressing or why was I even being like that? Well, now when you look back, it's like, it doesn't even matter. Totally. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. And uh, final question is, uh, what impact do you want to leave on this world? So one of, I feel like my purpose in this universe, in this time, is that in everything that I do, I want to help people be the best versions of themselves. Mm -hmm. I live that way. I love that way. I parent that way. And, and that's the impact that I want to leave on every person 
that I encounter. That's the legacy that I want to leave in this life, at least until I live the next life. So mm -hmm. that's the legacy for this one. Yeah, for this life. Do you believe in reincarnation? <laughs> for this life? Yeah. <laughs> I do, yes. Speaking of spirituality, yes, I do believe in reincarnation. Yeah. Well, thanks for being on this show. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is posted. Rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends. Thanks so much for listening and I hope you're leaving feeling inspired to be your best authentic self.